This is the Empowered Educational Conversations with Elena Christina podcast. We are two educators who have worked in over seven different school districts and want to see change. We are here for our school leaders who have the desire to implement radical changes to fight the destructive nature of racism and injustice. This is a safe space for passionate school leaders and aspiring school leaders to listen in as we voice our concerns, laugh at our mistakes, and strategize ways to overcome adversity as educators, all while keeping it real. Join us as we share our experience along with other important voices in the field. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Aline and Christina, where we seek to build community and support one another in this work. While you're there, share this with a friend and colleague and rate and review this podcast so we could get this to even more school leaders who want to do this work. All right, let's get to this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Educational Conversations podcast with Aline and Christina, episode 53. I'm Aline, co-host of this podcast. I've been in education for 17 years as a former school counselor and high school assistant principal. I currently coach K-12 school leaders in revolutionizing the K-12 public school system. And I'm Christina, the other co-host of this podcast. This is my 18th year in education. I was a former high school English teacher, former assistant principal, co-principal, and site level admin program specialist. I'm currently a teacher coach at a K-12 school district and a K-12 co-school leadership coach with my homie and business partner, Aline, in the Bay Area. Hey, y'all. So before we get into our episode, let's do our check-in. We happen to be together, like in the same room for once. So Christina, how have you been? Tell people what we're doing. Yes, well, happy Valentine's Day, y'all. We are recording this on On Valentine's Day, but you won't hear it till later. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, like, well, we're here together in San Diego. We are at the Hatching Results Conference. And it was just an amazing experience, especially for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned so much about the school counselor role and how to leverage the school counseling role to bring the school's vision and mission and goals to life. And I would, I mean, every single session was just so eye opening. And, you know, there's all this shoulda, coulda, woulda, like, I I wish that I knew about this. Mm when I was a school site administrator, because I felt like there were just a lot of missed opportunities that I could have done with the school counseling department and really just supporting, just using their role and really leveraging it to bring like student success. Like, Counselors, it's it's probably the smallest department at our school right. site. Yep. But mm-hmm. they're small but significant and so powerful. Yeah, I'm gonna stop you there because I think that's a good point. Like small, significant, but powerful. 
And so we will be doing an episode completely like unpacking our takeaways and reflection on this conference because it's specifically around school, like around leadership with school counseling. And so there's a lot that we took away that I that we want to share with our listeners. And so we'll definitely be doing an episode, um, you know, on that in the next couple of weeks. But I don't know. I agree with you. I think there's just so much to take away and so much. I mean, to reflect back and like, you know, wish like just thinking like, man, I wish that this were around when I first started in counseling. I think maybe, you know, I would have seen things differently or had a different journey within my you know, my educational experience, but also just seeing the amazing work that districts are doing, you know, here in California and in other states, like how often do we get to collaborate and hear from other school administrators at different states? Mm -hmm. Right? Not very often. So I don't know. I think it's just, it's, I'm happy that we invested the time and money to come to a conference like this because as you all know, we are lifelong learners and we really do believe that. Like we really do live that. Like I don't think, you know, Christina and I are ever in a position where we think that we know everything or that we don't have room to grow. Um, and so this was just a great opportunity to to practice that. No, absolutely. And and that was something at once again, we will talk about this mm -hmm. in in our episode, but you know, just one of the things that constantly came up in the sessions was just because you're already doing it and implementing it, there's always room to grow. Right. So mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's a cycle. Right. So whether you're a teacher, an administrator or a counselor, like we really want to stay away from saying that saying like, oh, we do that already. Mm-hmm right like we do that already like we don't need to learn about that we don't need to talk about that because we're already doing it mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't matter if you're already doing it like we are lifelong learners mm -hmm. yes we did it already but like how well did we do it mm -hmm. and when when we did create that protocol and process like it was for those particular students, for that particular staff, for that particular climate and culture. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to dig deeper and talk more about it. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's just been nice spending time with you. It's been hard, you know, to be away from our families, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's good to be just you and I, like thinking about how this connects back to the work that we do with our clients and our vision around what we want to see in schools um, as far as we can reach. So I appreciate time with you, Christina. Yes, I do too. She's my, she's my Valentine. So we'll get to enjoy a special <laughs> Valentine's dinner with each other. But let's, um, so we like in our last episode, we had an amazing guest um, and, you know, ties into everything we even just said. But um, if you haven't listened already, go back to episode where we interviewed um, Josue Diaz Jr. and really where he was highlighting how to um, expand your um, sphere of influence. Uh, so go back and check that out. But let's um, head into our episode. Yes. Well, let's just get into this. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I hope you're enjoying um, your evening. Thanks for tuning in. 
We are here in awesome San Diego together in the same room. So that's exciting that we're not, you know, on split screens on our IG Live. Um, we hope everyone had a good National School Counseling Week. We um, continue on our, you know, just our journey of advocating for school leadership partnerships with um, school counseling. And we had the privilege of attending the Hatching Results National School Counselor Leadership um, Conference. And so today it wrapped up. And so it's really kind of a good connection to our our, our our topic today. So today we're going to be talking about our three reasons school counselors are key to student success. Um, and the our objectives for today, so at the end we want to be able to educate our school leaders as to why school counselors lead to student success, how to leverage your school counselors to bring your vision from paper to action, and um, also just in general to empower your school counselors to really think about their leadership skills and how to and to empower them to take on that leadership. So, first reason um, why your school counselors are key to um, key players in your student success is that school sites that implement the ASCA national model provide a comprehensive program that. I'm going to read this off because I want to make sure I get this, but um, the national model says that a comprehensive program is one that is based on data-informed decision-making, is delivered to all students systematically, include a developmentally appropriate curriculum focused on the mindsets and behaviors all students need for post-secondary readiness and success, close achievement and opportunity gaps, and result in, in improved student achievement, attendance, and discipline. So basically, the school counselors are key in making sure that our students do not slip through the cracks. Mm -hmm. That's like what they're, like that's the their position in that, in our schools. Um, school counselors provide tier one, tier two, and tier, um, and they make referrals or recommendations to tier three systems. Sometimes, depending on the school site, they also deliver tier three services. And so they do this to make sure that academic achievement and mental health and well-being can happen. And we all know that right now we talk about how academics and social emotional, how they intersect and how you need one to be successful, to be successful in the other. Um, and so we're going to be talk we're going to be mentioning the NASCA, the ASCA national school model. So it's one thing that we want our school leaders to be more familiar with. So school counselors, as Aline mentioned, that they provide uh, tier one, tier two, as well as two, three support. So in other words, we're talking about MTSS, right? But like really, and this is kind of like a pattern that we have been doing with all of our um with all of our lives is that you know we need to make sure that we don't make any assumptions so we're not about to like break down what mtss is exactly right now <laughs> but we're just saying that when you school leaders at your school site um you know, just make no assumptions. 
define what MTSS is, and then really like define what MTSS currently looks like on your campus, right? So like, what are you currently doing and not doing? So whatever you are doing, how are you measuring its implementation and effectiveness, what's missing or lacking? And so, yes, we say this all the time about not making any assumptions, mm -hmm. but then really like what a, a huge key takeaway that I got from sitting in those, um, the hatching results, uh, conf the conference in the sessions is that admin and counselors, they need to be on the same page, period. Like, don't assume that everyone at the, that's seated at the table knows the vision and mission statement of the school, that they currently know what tier one, tier two, and tier three, what that is, what MTSS is, and what MTSS currently looks like on the campus. Right, because I feel like some of the comments about why administration doesn't talk about that with their staff, specifically their counseling department is, well, let's be honest, sometimes the school leadership doesn't really know it. No, yeah, for <laughs> real. Um, that those, that was kind of the comments that some of the counselors said. They're like, sometimes I don't even know if the admin really even know what the vision, mission, and goals are at our school. Um, and, and they weren't trying to like, like a I gotcha moment. It, it, that was just an honest observation that they said. And then the other thing is too, it's like, they feel like, you know, at times maybe they don't want to go over it because they don't want to offend anyone. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, that comment of like, oh, yeah, we already do that. So we don't really need to talk about it. So just not make any assumptions. And yes, great. If you already do it, let's talk about it. Let's 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 assess it and see how how effective it is. I also want to add that, like, with hatching results, so, I mean, MTSS, there's a lot of overlap between, like, what the school counselors are, could do or are doing, but hatching results took it to another layer, and so we're not going to go over it here, but it's worth noting that they also have um, a model very similar, but that includes a multi-domain, like, multi-tier, multi-domain systems of support, because... School counselors work under three different domains, academic, social, emotional, um, or um, yeah, academic, social, emotional, and, and college and career, uh, or personal social. And so um, they, you know, map out how that could look at the different tiers um, within the school counseling program. So they go together. So another thing worth noting is like, if your counselors don't know that, or if you're, if you're as a school leader don't know that, like those are areas to kind of brush up on, to look into, and to start the conversation around that. All right, second reason. What's the second reason? Okay. So, and I just want to tell you all that we cannot see any chat, like any comments right now for some reason. So if we're not answering you, it's not because we don't want to. We just cannot see it right now. Mm-hmm. So... Well, this key part here is something that, once again, we've said it before, um, but this was 
clear this was emphasized in like almost all the sessions that I went to in this conference is that um, you know the counselors are like the key players to bring your the district to help bring the district goals and school site goals from paper to existence so once again the counselors are a department on your campus yes they're small but they are they have they're super strong and significant small but significant and so once again not to sound cliche-ish but you know it, it takes a village it, it takes a village to accomplish district goals slash school site goals and honing in on what your vision and mission and goals are it's very important so that way that there's uh, transparency and consistency and everyone's on the same page once you have that down it's very important to communicate constantly consistently communicate that to your staff understand how each role contributes to the existence of the vision mission and goal so that's just like the overall explanation but to once again connect it to the counselors like the admin and the counseling department they need to work hand in hand mm -hmm. administrators need to clearly 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 communicate their their the school's vision and mission and goals to the counseling department that way the counselors like they could collaborate with the admin team and just say like you know this is like this is how I could help or this is how our department could help bring those to existence. And, you know, I, I just came like one of my favorite sessions from the hatching results was they were going over like documents that we documents to help us cultivate and hold those conversations. Um, the the ASCA national, national model. model and how they have these documents for administrators and counselors mm -hmm. to help go over the vision and mission and goals and like how specifically the counselors are going to help that come uh, go from paper to action so that was just another that was another aha moment and an example that um, that really stood out to me. It was so simple, but I was like, it, it was another aha moment. Was that okay? So if one of the example that they gave is if one of our school goals for the school year was um, to address the absence and tardy and and the tardies at, at our school site. So if the goal... So looking at attendance. Yeah, so basically attendance. So if that is the school site's overall goal, the question is, how? what role does the counselor play? Well, so think of it in this way, like the admin, they're the ones who reinforce and communicate the attendance policy. The teachers then take in that in that uh, policy. 
So the teachers are responsible for taking accurate attendance and implementing a system that will motivate students to get to get to class on time. So an example they gave is is like all teachers will commit to um, a do now or a warm up within the first five minutes of class. So the question is, what is the what's the role of the counselor? Well. The counselors, they will collect and monitor the data. They will create an accountability system per grade level. Um, they will too also create a system to motivate and acknowledge improvement. And so everyone has, everyone plays a role in um, the school-wide goals. And I feel like a lot of the times, and I was guilty of it too as an administrator, it's like when we think of school-wide goals, we just tend to think about what the students will do and what the teachers will do and what, what admin would do. But there's like so mm -hmm. many other partnerships mm -hmm. that we're missing out on that we, that we really didn't tap into. Mm -hmm. All right, third reason. So what is another, and well, well, we should say, what is the third reason why school counselors are key to um, our student success? Well, the master schedule. All right. So at the end of the day, you know, our goal as school administrators is to strive to master schedule ex excellency. So what does that mean? What does that look like? So that means that 100% of the students on our campus, if we have this golden master schedule, all the students are placed in their first choice pathway and or academy. They're in all the necessary classes needed to meet their graduation and A through G requirements. Um, they're in their area of needs and interests. So like regardless, so if, if, they, if they are students with IEPs, students with 504s, EL students, it doesn't matter. Like they still get a choice in whatever their hearts desire, as long as it um, supports them with their with the graduation requirements as well as A through G. Students are correctly placed in support classes or the EL courses that they need, but then there's obviously an exit plan so that way they're not just placed there and left there. Um, and student choice is always the forefront of the master scheduling process. So constructing the master schedule based on what's best for students as top prior priority versus what is best for the adults. Mm -hmm. And so I like the Ask a National model mentions that the school counselor isn't in charge of the master mm -hmm. schedule. And so to make that clear, like what Christina was talking about is what the school leader is prioritizing or working towards when building the master schedule. But counselors are key in this in helping students access the courses that they need for graduation, the courses that they want due to their interests or to explore different pathways, and that they are essential to this master schedule process because they are the ones that are providing the information that our students need in order to pick those classes, understand what the graduation requirements are, understand what the college entrance requirements are, School count. I mean, there are other people on the campus that talk about it, but school counselors' main, like 
they are they are working with this on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. they're communicating this information they're updating you know different forms and different presentations and different ways that students can access what which classes are offered what it what requirements are are um, are they meeting those types of things um they you know try to make it accessible and engaging right they want our students to understand that they have choice and that what 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 they want to take or what they want to experience while they're in high school the pathway that they want to set or the class or the goals that they have for once they graduate like our our school counselors are the ones that are engaging in those conversations and trying to make that information um you know approachable for our students they critique and analyze the data so oftentimes when we start running those conflict reports or we're trying to see the classes that students are not, you know, are continuously getting kicked out of through the master scheduling process. Our counselors are the ones that can look at those reports and see like, oh wait, we're having an issue with seventh period PE or something. You know, they are analyzing data. They can look at these reports, they can double check the information, and they're there to make sure that our students are on track with graduation and post-secondary. And so mind you, we're talking from a high school point of view, um, but this can, you know, definitely relate to the different levels. Um, but we, you know, especially because we are thinking of building an equitable master schedule, um, we tend to think of our high school counselors, and they are key to our student success because they are the ones that are working in partnership with school leaders on the master schedule. And I say that because I want our school leaders to think about whether or not they're working in partnership with their school counselors Mm -hmm. when it comes to building an equitable master schedule. They should be the ones, you know, um, thinking of uh, getting firsthand information about new courses that are offered, given time to kind of ask questions about what this class is gonna entail, who's gonna teach it, just like different details that they're going to need in order to best supply our students with the information to make informed decisions when selecting their courses. So they connect, and that's another reason why school counselors are key to our student success. Yeah, I, you know, I just want to emphasize what you said. It, it's a partnership. Right. So that doesn't mean that the admin drops the entire <laughs> responsibility no, yeah. on the counselor department's lap mm-hmm. or the, the chair. No, like the counselors, they're the ones that that help us with the fine tuning, with, with with the details, and it's like we we don't want to put the whole pot on them because th- that's when all the details get missed. Mm-hmm. Like we really need to stick to the roles mm-hmm. and knowing what each person's role is in general, but particularly in the master scheduling process. Yeah. So I know those of you who are watching might have a dinner reservation to get to. <laughs> um, I know we do. Yes. But um, so to our final point is like, you know, I'm a former school counselor, and so I'm a little biased in this, but I truly believe that we need to give school counselors their flowers. We've mentioned this before, um, especially during National School Counseling Week, but oftentimes our school counselors are just misunderstood. They're forgotten, they're neglected, they're a department that's just kind of like, you know, they're just the counseling department. They're not engaging in this professional development or this PLC work or these initiatives that our school puts forth for student um, achievement or academic success. But in reality, you know, they are. They are an integral part of the school community. 
And I often think that the reason why the school counseling department or school counselors in general are forgotten or neglected is because the school, the school leaders just do not understand the role and do not understand you know, the, the leadership potential that sits within the counseling department if they are in fact working towards being a comprehensive school counseling model based off the ASCA national model. And I think, you know, the more that school leaders understand the role and understand what their organization is recommending for um, being a comprehensive school counseling program, the more that we'll be able to really leverage their, you know, their position and their power within um, student success. So I, as school leaders, we're, we might be doing more around this, but I want to be very clear. There is a difference between guidance counselor and school counselor. So you're not gonna catch us saying guidance counselor. I know that we did like, um, you know, recently we, we did a, a reel about um, the role of the school counselor. And I know like some of my counselor friends were sending me text messages after the Super Bowl because there was a commercial um, by the NFL in the beginning to introduce like the Super Bowl, the teams that were playing and um, the counselor person playing the counselor in that commercial was kind of portrayed as someone that was gatekeeping or a barrier to um, a student with their dreams and their goals. And if you pay close attention, cause it's, you know, it's on, you can watch it on YouTube, I'm sure. Or, um, I watched it on a Facebook reel, um, but the title was guidance counselor. And so in some ways it's fitting because there is a difference between a guidance counselor and a school counselor. And so I just wanna like quickly um, point out what the difference is because I still hear a lot, a lot, a lot of school leaders and educators refer to our counselors as guidance counselors. And there are still some of my, you know, counselor friends who still are like, well, what's the big deal? But if, if we are trying to evolve, if we are trying to really, you know, think about our position, when I highlight the differences, you'll see why it's important to refer to our counselors as school counselors. So often what a guidance counselor is, it's they're reactive. It's rooted in old school systems, right? Because that was the initial name. And we don't have time to talk about like the origins of the school counseling position, um, but it's it's re reactive. It's service to some. It's like whoever can access or comes in and seeks support or seeks help. Um, its impact is measured via feelings and perceptions. So like, I feel like I'm doing a good job because you know, this group of students feel supported by me. Right, they are um, an ancillary. I can never say that. Um, but they are ancillary, ancillary role to the school improvement process. Like they're, you know, just kind of on the outsides, and they tend to work in isolation or in silos. And that has been a a, a barrier and a comp and like an issue that we see in schools to this day. And we'll get to that at another time. But when describing a school counselor, when we say school counselor, a school counselor is proactive and data-driven. They are using your school's data to decide what their program is going to work on or focus on for that school year. Um, it's a program for all students. So that's when we talk about you know, multi-tier, um, multi-domain systems of support. It's because they are looking to support all students. 
they're thinking like, how can we focus more on tier one and scale up our efforts? Um, their impact is measured via different um, achievement, attendance, and behavior data, but they're also looking at like um, participation data, they're looking at um, process data and outcome data. Like they are very much given clear direction on the types of data that can be collected and understood within you know the different data sets that we get at a school site. They are essential in school improvement processes. So when we, like this is how school counselor is defined. They are essential role in the school improvement process. So back to what Christina was saying around like your school's vision and mission, your school counselor fits it into that when they are the essential role in a school improvement process. School counselors are school leaders. And so, I mean, even today we were, and it's true. I mean, in one of the workshops, it's like leadership isn't defined by a title. Right, and so just because we're the school leaders or the administrators on campus doesn't mean that doesn't mean that we're the that we are the only leaders on our campus. That school counselors are school leaders as well, and they develop, manage, and evaluate a comprehensive school counseling program. So they are equipped with the tools to execute a program rooted in data and like built on a reflection cycle where they look at the data. They put something in place and then they analyze it again and that's a continual process. So when highlighting, highlighting that, don't you all as school leaders wanna refer to them as school counselors because that fits more in alignment with the work that we're trying to do in transforming our schools. So just think about that. And as always, Christine and I are rooted in reflection. It's something that we truly believe in and have been doing a lot of this, um, you know, these last couple days during our time here in San Diego for the conference. Um, but we want our school leaders to reflect on a few things. So we want you to reflect on to what extent is your school site implementing the Ask a National School model? And more basic, like, do you even know what the Ask a National School model is? Did you, do, did you communicate your district and school site's value, mission, and goals to your staff, including your school counseling department? So this shouldn't only take place like when you're meeting with your TOSA or you know when you are meeting with a small group of department chairs and didn't include the counseling program. So um, we want you to, to think about that. Um, and if so, do... Do, does the school and counseling department understand their role in bringing the values, mission, and, and vision to life um, from paper to action? And where are we on the master scheduling process? How are we leveraging our school counseling department to gather and interpret the data to ensure that we are structuring a comprehensive and equitable master schedule? Are we allowing space and facilitating the conversation after they review the data and look at the report? Are we in, par in partnership as school leaders with our school counseling um, department when it comes to building the master schedule? So with that said, y'all, we are calling all school leaders who are in charge of leading the master schedule process as well as the counseling department we want to invite you to join us in our coaching program, which is starting the third week of April. No, starting starting the week of April 3rd. Oh, the, starting the week of April 3rd. My bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so this is a 10-week program that will empower school leaders to unpack their li limiting beliefs and mindset barriers that may impact their leadership, create an equity-focused master schedule, develop and implement a leadership vision that partners and leverages the leadership of the, the school counseling department, implement a schedule that fosters collaboration and equity amongst school staff and students, understand the role and impact of the counseling department, finally to develop the confidence to execute a more inclusive master scheduling process. So as we mentioned before, to help prepare for this 10-week program that will launch the first week in April, the week of April 3rd, we will host three free master scheduling workshops. We already did one. So the second one is coming up in a couple of weeks. It will be on March 2nd at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Pacific Standard Time. So the workshop will be three things you need to do before you start planning your master schedule. Okay, three things. So we'll be focusing on the questions, the timeline, and the auditing. So please tune in that day. And so if you wanna sign up for that workshop, the link is in our bio. Um, if you sign up for that, we will send you emails to access the um, the workshop. And if you can't attend live, that's fine. The recording will go out and it's available for a week after um, we deliver the content. And if you are interested in our school and our coaching program, you can also just send us a DM, let us know, and we will send you more information. But with that, I think we're all done. So reflect on those questions. Let us know what you think and have a good, happy Valentine's Day. Yes, we're going to have a Galentine's Day. Dinner. Dinner. <laughs> Galentine's Day dinner. So we're off as well. All right. So, Take bye, y'all. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Empowered Conversations Pod. Check out our content and engage in a conversation with us through the comments or DMs. Also, please help us grow and share this with your friends, colleagues, as well as post on your social media. We look forward to next time. Take it easy.